Hello, hello. How's everybody doing out there? Peasant Chat. That's right. Sunday's Peasant Chat where we talk to poor people that used to not be able to pay, but now you guys are probably leading the charge when it comes to sponsoring people and helping other people be able to get to the track, be able to get, like we helped out Bondo Bird. We helped out uh, Alec Bledsoe, uh, even though he had a tough go of it, but you know, who cares? We were able to get at least a sound bite out of it. Of course, the Peasant Chat YouTube channel and Circle D Converters. Uh, uh, look. It was worth the $3,000 just to have this on the live stream. Of course, the Peasant Chat YouTube channel and Circle <laughs> D Converters. Uh, so we're going to talk today about what do we think the limits are of the Coyote motor. Recently, I think in the last day or two, somebody has gone 4.0 in the 8th. Listen, 4.0 in the 8th is dumb fast. Now, understand, just be, a lot of people do this weird fuzzy math where they go, 4.0 in the 8th? That means it's a five-second car in the quarter. Not necessarily when you build your car for the eighth mile you are maximizing the front half so when you build your car for the quarter mile the front half isn't as aggressive and you have to then run it out the back so the gearing is different tire size might be different converter stuff might be different boost might be different most people that build the car for the eighth mile and the really billy badass cars things like rvw stuff like that they build their cars for the eighth mile because the wear and tear is less on the vehicle. I prefer to see a quarter mile race because to me, it lets the car stretch its legs a little bit. Um, and then in my opinion, power adder really comes into effect because look at what happened with John Lund's, um, John Lund's car. John Lund got short tracked by everybody he raced. Everybody he raced except for the Honda had him at least to the 330. And then the horsepower came into play and was able to back half the, the, the most of the cars that he beat. The nitrous car that he beat in the final had him up until a thousand feet. Like a thousand feet, this guy's gonna win. If you're at a thousand feet, you you're you're gonna win. And then John Lund gapped him by a car. Like there's a car and a bit of a gap and there's a picture of a sizable gap between John Lund's car and that notch, which made me think a it's a horsepower game the quarter mile. The eighth mile, it's obviously a horsepower too, but it's all about suspension and maximizing at the shortest distance possible. Recently a coyote went well into the four, four point zero, okay, one oh sixty foot on a stock valve train. Now understand what that means. We're talking about the followers. We're talking about the cams, and if it's locked cams, then forget that. But let's say, for example, Lund Racing. The Grey Goose has made 9,800 RPM pulls with the stock phasers actually processing variable cam timing, meaning you're able to control the intake cam at least. The exhaust cam is different because the exhaust cam is now fighting literally the exhaust. Think about what the exhaust cam pressures are going to be like at the spring. So if one of them is going to start to fail, it's probably going to start being the exhaust cam. So typically, Billy Badass uh, cars lock out at least the exhaust cam. We kept the intake uh, because the intake is seeing air coming in, not air going out and fighting all the tubing and the, and the, and the housing and, and back pressure. So what are the limits? So I'm one of these guys that thinks that the Coyote motor is going to be probably the best platform to go with for a multitude of reasons. We'll talk about those reasons, but not before we say hi via Bill O'Reilly. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. 
Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! <clears throat> Fucking thing sucks! It always sucks. Mr. Bill O'Reilly knows it always sucks. Two out of solutions. Rami Saidan. Two out of solution. Probably racing right now. Those guys, uh, once winter comes around in Puerto Rico, they get after it. They start racing half mile, quarter mile, you name it. Race Motor, RaceMotor.com, I think. I'll race Motor on Instagram. Check them out. I haven't heard from Daniel in weeks, so maybe he's in a Russian prison somewhere. DNA Have Performance, DNA Have Performance.com. DNA Have Performance is going to have Black Friday sales. Check them out. Mention YDBT maybe a checkout or something and he might be able to give you something so check for parts anything you name it fuel systems injectors tires wheels i got my ford stars from them park farm parkfarm.com park farm on instagram motors takeouts uh fenders uh, odds and ends they got it complete front ends check them out Conformance, conformance.com, conformance on Instagram, ultimate header, ultimateheader.com, ultimate header on Instagram, PMAS, Nick James, PMAS on Facebook and Instagram, and Calumet Transmission, Calumet Transmission.com, Calumet Transmission on Instagram. Let's say hi to the peasants really quick, and then we'll talk for about 20 minutes or so, and then we'll get with you guys. Apparently, Truviata is literally spamming the chat. Travis, a mini by Madman, Darren Harper, Clean 92 GT, Jared Wells, and JD Swag and Monty540 were the first people to actually say hello. You gotta you gotta love I might do giveaways one day where the first person to say hello is gonna get something. Smoking TJ, Nick G, I'm hung so low, Josh Roy, team whole shot says I'm gonna go stay under 8,000 RPMs and be happy. Now, we'll talk about that. Turbiate is uh Turbiate, I'm not I already gave him a whole a dedicated episode. We're good. Dixon, Minibag Man Man, Diego, Canis Lupus, James and Jay, Turbiate again, spamming everything because he's actually off today. Oliver Bryan, Turbo F W M C Tango, Dustin Slater, WM again, Oliver Bryan, Gregory Upvich, Street Scene says good morning, good morning. Smoking Michael Loreno, Phil Fez, smoking ZX14 again, Leon Phelps, James Willen, Vilavesh. Phil Fez, Bruce Willis, South Detroit Entertainment, Revit Racing, what's up, brother? Grant Wilburn, Walter Hoffman, Louis A., Infamous, Ian Oz, Everything Tactical says, yo, Jose Figueroa, JD Swag, do I have my shit here? I don't have my shit here. Killshot Racing, Abdullah Alabasi, Mercury Motorsports, Martin Robles, Nitrous and Bias Supplies, Underrated and Technical, Bullhead, Tony John, Eric Browntree, Craig Walls, Mr. Notch himself, good morning, everyone. Uh, Jeffrey, Catalino, Lex Luthor, Blue 5 Kim McAllister, 94 GT4, Adonis Scott, Justin, Tony, John, Arturo, Jay Green, um, SVT50, Minibag Madman, Alex Gutierrez, Gypsy1320 says good morning, Donkey Mac, Matt Benoit, Matt Class, and let's get all the way to the bottom so we can finish it up with the people. You got Ricky Garcia, Jay Witt, Jeremy Howells, 5'2", sounds fantastic at 9,000 plus RPMs, and a stick car, Black Phil Phil, Jay Green, Morning, everyone. Rican 5-0, Cody Kelly, and RoboStyle. So Truviate said something um, probably retarded as fuck. But the problem is there's a lot of retarded fucks out there that don't know shit about shit. And he's saying, what's the big deal with a coyote? I don't understand it. I still can't understand why modern guys are hell-bent over coyotes. That's where you are an absolute mouth-breathing retard. Coyotes are, go- are propelling 3,300-pound cars to 670s or 630s at 3,000 pounds at 302 cubic inches. Do you understand that? With stock rotating assembly when it comes to the valve train, not the bottom end. The bottom end is super built, Billy Badass, aluminum rods, boss, or billet crankshaft. But when we're talking about the valve train, like springs, regular pack springs or Ferrera stuff, nothing crazy. Uh, stock cams, stock phasers on the Grey Goose, and it has done has done burnouts 
close to 10,000 RPMs. So what I'm thinking is going to happen in the near future is you're going to start seeing the number five everywhere for boost. We have seen 45, 46 pounds of boost in the Great Goose, and there is no sign of abnormal or abnormalities or issues with cam phasing control um, or anything. Like when we pop things off and look things over, everything looks good. Now that is probably a big kudos and a feather in the cap for FFRE because you want to talk about FFRE um, having great, 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 um, let's just say representation. Uh, nothing is a better representative than Brett LaSala's car and the Grey Goose. The Grey Goose, in my opinion, because it's a stock factory control system, 6R80 MAF sensor with a turbo kit that probably can generate 25, 2600 wheel horsepower. If we start getting after, because we don't know what the 6R80 can take. The 6R80 obviously was pretty happy at 2300 horsepower or so, 45 pounds of boost, 3300 pounds, propelling a car to go 209 in the quarter. So... If we start shoving 50, like we're talking GTR numbers, okay? Or we're talking small motor, like Honda Civics, DSM stuff, where you see 50 plus PSI on things. But the, I think the best thing to uh, compare it to is probably a GTR, right? So you start seeing these GTRs, and we all got bored of them going 7069 nonstop. Ah, 707073. It's a heavy car, it's a DCT. It is 60 footing at best in the one high one twos, low one threes, which is not good. Imagine what those GTRs, imagine that GTR that can run a 6.9 with a 1.360 or 1.460 foot. Imagine what they can do at 2,800 pounds with a 1.060 foot. It would be astronomical. And some of them have converted to rear wheel drive. The fact that it's DCT blows my freaking mind still. But the motor is one of those things you have to compare it. You have to compare it against something. And I think, unfortunately, or fortunately, the only comparison I can make between high revving V6 or V8, the Coyote and the GTR, that you're shoving 50 plus pounds of boost on it, maximizing the effort from those vehicles and with the stock valve train. Now, I don't know anything about GTRs at all, but I don't know that they don't beef up their valve train to rev the car that high, where Coyotes are starting to touch 98, 99, and potentially 10,000 RPMs from a V8. And that is not necessarily unheard of if you want to talk NASCAR and bullshit, cam and block stuff, exotic stuff. But we're talking a 302 cubic inch car boosted, making 50 plus pounds of boost, revving to close to 10,000 RPMs. I don't think there's any other motor, and maybe you guys can correct me, if I'm wrong. Oh, look at that. Someone says some GTRs are peaking 100 PSI. Okay, so I'll shut I'll shut my whore mouth. So let's say we keep turning up the boost. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. What is going to fail first? Well, depending on the weight of the vehicle, I think the transmission is going to fail first because eventually we're going to reach a limit of not only the stock converter, you're going to need some kind of billet situation the stock 252 4m off the shelf from circle d i don't think it's going to last that much longer if we start doing some crazy shit to it so we're going to need some billet bolt together stuff from something like neil chance or something like pro torque or something like cohen um in my opinion that is the next step i wouldn't really trust guys that haven't done it like 
No offense to Circle D. I don't know them from a hole in the wall, and I, they don't sponsor me. I'm not running a Billy Badass converter like on a Turbo 400 unless the name Neil Chance or Cohen or ProTorque is on it. That's Alejandro Flores. Nobody else is telling me that. And that's the nice thing about not being sponsored or beholden to somebody because you can say whatever the fuck you want. So what you're going to see is the failing point of a Coyote, specifically with a 6R80, probably be the converter. It's going to slip too much. On a Billy Badass built Turbo 400, you're probably going to see Neil Chance because he's done it before. He Literally, stuff like that is everywhere. So on our end... I think the 6R80's weak point is going to be the converter first because that is the fuse. And if we get a converter that holds up to the abuse, I think eventually you're going to start seeing some issues with the, the physical case of the thing because the amount of power being transferred through those clutches and stuff, eventually it's going to rear its ugly head and you might need to beef up literally the case of this thing. But we'll see. But have you guys ever heard of any stock Valtrain? The Grey Goose has stock followers. Stock everything. It's a stock head. And if you saw what GT350s are doing via uh, Fat House, they claim their shit is all stock too. Stock cam, stock this. And the suckers keep processing even well up into the high 9,000 RPM range. I don't know of any other motor that can do that reliably, repeatable many times and be able to process the VCT that you're commanding at that RPM, at that power level. So it'll be interesting to see what the what the ceiling is. Now, someone like a Joel Steele, he said, I'm going to run fives, stick, Coyote. And you know what? I believe him. If anyone is going to do that, if anyone is going to do that and not give a fuck about what happens, it's probably going to be someone like him who says, fuck it, I want to be the first because no one in the stick shift world lives under 650s lives i'm saying h pattern stick shift car, cars don't live under 650s but seeing what the automatic cars are doing someone like look at brett and keith ray went 61 220 something plus think about what it takes to live sub 62 at uh, let's say 2800 pounds or 40 in the eighth at 3000 pounds eventually something's going to give up. John Lucas, he works at um, Fat House, says, factory camshafts are flexing around, doing journal damage, what will occur at mid-9,000 RPMs sometime. Okay, I believe that. Um, I wonder, because you guys also use FFRE uh, engines, so I'm sure you guys have seen your, you guys have built some Billy Badass stuff, 1,400, 1,500 horse packages and stuff. So you're you're starting to see some of those issues uh, that, you're going to face with high RPM build. So eventually we're going to have to look out for that because in the burnout, Senior has done some 9,000 plus RPMs. So the Grey Goose 6 already lived due to not using lockup. We don't use lockup because I don't think the lockup clutch would survive it and I don't think it needs it. In that particular configuration, again, a lockup converter probably has to be starting to get locked almost immediately right down the track not everyone uses a lockup converter a lot of converters do have a mechanical diode or a aggressive style that the slip is minimal like circle d the higher you rev it on that converter at a certain power level let's say 1500 horsepower it doesn't have more than like nine percent or eight percent or seven percent let's say seven percent slip meaning it'll start to slip and then couples the further you go down the track the 252 4m so 
if we started using lockup, I think bad things would happen. And I'm not going to tell you that one thing that made everything survive, but it's not the lockup. We've always had a 252 non-lockup in it. Pure B58 Power said, what's up, Alex? Chervy, go go retire, go, go buy retired oval track motor. <laughs> Alex, higher PM Coyote is going to mainly be auto. Um, I've uh, seen a lot of manual cars explode the clutch after 8,000 RPMs and 9,000 RPMs. Well, man, Alfredo Diaz, that's what I'm talking about. The higher revving Coyotes, the issue that they're going to see is what gives up first. I said that at over 10,000 RPMs and over 50 pounds of boost, a stock-style Circle D converter, non-bolt-together, non-billy badass stuff is probably not something you want in between your motor and, and, your trans, and, and your transmission. I would prefer Alejandro Flores would prefer something that has been proven in, let's say, you know, two 2,500-3,000 horsepower applications, a.k.a. Neil Chance and, and, and uh, Cohen and all that stuff. But I don't know that those guys fuck with 6R80 stuff because it's such a tiny market. The 6R80 market is so niche and tiny that someone like a Circle D can dominate it. Like literally dominate it and say a 1500 horsepower and under this converter, the 252 4M is great for turbo stuff. The 4C or 3C is great for TVS and centrifugal boosted stuff. The B series stuff is for low power, um, let's say high torque applications let's say if you're going to cut if you're going to 6 already swap a gt500 some people put a 2b converter to take advantage of the torque or whatever but they'll spec it out for you but when it comes to billy badass stuff neil chance and pro torque and, and maybe pro torque i don't know or anything like that um probably don't want to step into the 6r80 world because there's not that many there's not that many um applications for it 9,000 RPMs. I thought my seven and a half shifts on my MTD2 was wild. Look, you got to understand your rotating assembly is not built for that. The bottom end on stock cars. And again, I don't know if you guys understand this, but stock cars, stock car. I'm going to view this. Uh, once work picked up. Uh, okay. A money and start by uh, my words. Okay. Whatever. Two of you have to spam in the chat because he doesn't understand shit about shit. But again, we all understand he's our special guy. He's the guy you play basketball with, and when he double dribbles and travels, you just don't call it. So I just don't think the market is big for that. But we're talking about 9,000 RPMs. I'm not talking stock bottom end. Okay, these cars that are spinning 9,000 plus RPMs, they're aluminum rod, Billy Badass built shit. Okay, but the valve train is on the stock side. Beecho, anyone in Lund recommends in New York, New Jersey, PA area to finalize what dyno tuning on my swap car? What about Evolution Performance? What about... C and D Auto Tech. I mean, those guys. And Got Boost New York, I think, fucks with shit. So check them out. No one has ever made 700 wheel on a stock block 302. You aren't going to be the first to do it, my guy. Oh, we're talking about to Turvy? Dude, stop it. Turvy is special. Just wondering, does DCT function at those high RPMs? Um, Guys, the DCT is the biggest piece of junk on the planet. Does it operate at eight, 9,000 RPMs? It barely operates when you add five more pounds of boost to it okay you understand the dct there is no control so whatever tremec put out on the dct that's that's all it's got okay if the commanded shift points for the dct uh were 75 7800 or 81 or 8200 or you as a tuner have some access to at least a shift point that's all well and good but if you don't have access to the torque 
that it's allowed to see if you have stock clutches. The DCT is the biggest dud of a drag racing transmission on the Ford side that there is. A lot of people that want to build a twin turbo 2020 GT500, I would literally go buy a turbo 400. Why waste your time on a DCT? You know that's going to be inconsistent. You know the car is going to run maybe 9192, and then it's just going to be inconsistent as fuck once you add more horsepower. It's just going to not, it's going to, okay. My biggest issue with GT500 owners is their burnout. Why the fuck do you do a 30 minute burnout? Every single time I see a 2020 GT500 do a soupy, long, unnecessarily long, big, dumb burnout, I go, that guy is a non-driving motherfucker. Who is telling you to do a big, long, soupy burnout? Is it? Is it because I think it's not necessary? Yes, but it also, on a DCT, asshole, gets your clutches hot. How many times have you been to a track and seen a cuck 2020 and up GT500 guy do a burnout, then go up to the staging lane or stages, pre-stages and stages the car takes off and the car, or it just neutrals the fuck out after the shift. Because the car goes into fail safe. So what I'm saying is the DCT, Already is a bad transmission for drag racing at high horsepower. Medium horsepower, 900 and under, wonderful, great, fun, some, somewhat consistent. Above that, it's a crapshoot. But the variable is this. The stupid, uneducated, entitled, asshole 2020 and up Shelby owner. They are stupid. This car is a dud when it comes to drag racing. But you want to have a Shelby that drag races. Okay, meanwhile, some college kid with a 10R80 and a Whipple is going exactly what you're running with a stock 10R80, second gear, Levy 85, 90, high 8, living his best life. While you're out there doing big, soupy, dumb John Force burnouts. Go look at John Lund's burnouts. A 2,500 horsepower car with a 275 goes boom, 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 little smoke and you're good. Do you know that if you do too long of a burnout on a DCT, you know what's happening to the clutch temperatures? And you know this car has clutch temp logic to like prevent the DCT from functioning properly? The reason I probably don't want to fuck with any 2020 up Shelby owners is because of the mentality. Like there is shitty S550 car culture out there, but the Shelby owners are a special type of stupid they think they're right. They think their car is exotic. Your car is not exotic. The fucking Coyote variant with a, a, a terrible transmission for drag racing in it. You want to road race your shit? Cool. Nothing wrong with that. You want to daily drive and roll, and roll slash road race it? Cool. Drag racing at 1,200 horsepower? You're a stupid motherfucker. Even Carroll Shelby knows it. I mean, Carroll Shelby himself knows all about that stuff well time to take credit for vehicles i never had anything to do with where's my chewing gum exactly i agree 100 um trinity guys also do it remember the trinity rev limiter squid you can always tell who doesn't know how to race when they do a john force burnout what is homeboys doing uh 
Uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, hey, Alex, it's normal for the Ben Calmer transmission to be difficult. Nibble going into gear when they are cold? Yes, 100% slippy boy. Even a even an MT82 when cold, stock, uh, is going to drive like ass. Brett's car was on the dots with traction control or something else because they're waiting until the line lock comes out and don't know how to release it early. It doesn't matter. You don't need a big burnout. All you need is a quick cleanup on a drag radial. You don't, you don't need, you just go, whoa, boom, boom, and let off and just roll forward. I don't understand why they sit there. Okay, I'm just going to look up a random, I'm going to go to YouTube. 2020 GT500, 2020 GT500 drag racing. So let me see. This is Steena's video. Let's see if they do squid burnout. Scott Bodie. Yeah, hey, Scott Bodie here. Let's see if I do a squid burnout too. Let me see. Because he knows how to race at least. Let me see. Okay, okay, okay. Look, he did a normal burnout. Oh my lord. Well, look, everyone, Scott Boda shows you how to do a proper burnout without looking like a fucking asshole. Holy shit. Thank you, Scott Boda, for being normal. 20 GT500. That's it. That's all you need. A little bit of smoke. But no, you guys are up there doing John Force dumb shit. Let's see if he does another burnout. Da, 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 da. Is it the burnout? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Let's go back and look at more burnouts because, my God, the amount of squids on here is stupid. Let me see. Da, 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 da. Does he do the drag racing and stuff two years ago? Does he do a big, dumb, stupid burnout, burnout too? Let me see. Da, da, da. No, it just showed. Man, you got to show the burnout, bro, because half of the show is the dumb burnout that they do. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Look, look at the amount of smoke. Look at that. Okay, this was at Palm Beach International Raceway. Okay. This is, I think, a prime example. Is this Shmi? Of course it's Shmi. Oh my god, and he stops the burnout in the burnout box. Holy shit. Holy shit. Oh my god, he just creeps it forward. <laughs> So he does a burnout in the water box, okay? Stops the burnout in the water box, okay? And then just rolls forward. Oh, hilarious. Let's see how it launched. Wait, did he do another burnout? Did, no, there we go. Oh, did he do a burnout past the light? Okay. What the fuck 1980s dry hop motherfucker shit is that? Oh my god, what a squid show. But you know what? Perfect example of Shelby owners. Yeah, what, what you gotta do, buddy? I think you gotta do a burnout past the stage and stage your lights and then you can back it up. Is that right, mate? Yeah, go ahead. I see these Americans do it all the time. Look at this. Do a dry hop. Holy fucking shit, I found the most golden video on the internet ever. Let's see if it launches wonderfully. Let's see how wonderful it <laughs> Watch it launch great. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> 17960 foot. 
you could do that with a fucking NA S197. at 130 so maybe the iat's were 200 maybe the transmission hated life wow so guys that's a great example of what every shelby owner on the planet or on average is like and that's why i don't want to have anything to do with them because no matter how much you bring them to water they will not drink they will just not listen to anything you say that car's a 9190 car no higher anything than that the t the dct sucks Ugh! I don't like what you told me. I'm going to go to another tuner. Go to another tuner, bro. Go to another tuner. Oh, this tuner said I can go 880s. Oh, really? You want to drive it? Sure. Oh, it blew up? Guys, everything about 2020 and up GT500 cars and owners is pure fucking AIDS. Um, I'll take two. I'll take my Gen 2 over that. Exactly. Video game. Brun out. Got to play the video game of the... Got to play the video one on the soundboard from 1320. Do I have that? I mean, even Carol Shelby knows all about that stuff. I came here to chew gum and chew gum. And I forgot my gum. <laughs> Wait, you came here to chew gum and chew gum? And you forgot your gum? I came here to chew gum and chew gum. Oh. And I forgot my gum. That is interesting about anything else you want to say? Times were tough in the 80s. It was either slap my name on Dodge products or suck dick to pay rent. I mean, I still suck dick, but I didn't charge. <laughs> Cal Shelby, <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Jim Farley's wig reminds me of a fat cunt I banged in the Shelby Sturgis rally of 2006. <laughs> bunch of yuppie-ass homos, and I took one of their bitches to my hotel so she can eat me from the back. Woo! I mean, the guy is wild. Guy's wild. I met Jim Farley. If I had known he was going to run Ford into the ground by introducing gay cars, I would have chewed gum right into his office and shit on his desk. <laughs> what? I don't understand your obsession with gum. I came here to chew gum and chew gum, <laughs> and I forgot my gum. <laughs> you came here to chew gum and chew gum, but you forgot your gum. These are only these from a roll forward were stupid. Putting that crap transmission in the car. Our 350s immune from the S550 gate stereotype. Um, you know what? I don't know. I'm gonna be honest with you. Once I sold my uh, Gen 3, my focus was on the Shelby GT500, which does have its own look. Even the S197 Shelby guys, they're gay because they put KR and they put snakes on the Trinity blower at, at car shows and dumb shit. But I think that most S550s are haven't have gotten the uh, stigma attached to crashing into car show, crashing at car shows. Some car shows are not allowing Chargers, Hellcats, or Mustangs at the meet. And you want to hear something funny? I agree with them. Do you want to have a clean car show? Car show organizer. Do you want to have a clean car show? Do you want to have the least amount of fuckboys and problems at your car show? Ban Mustangs. Coyote Mustangs. I'm sorry, S197 guys, we are racing guys, but you, you, you gotta blanket because some of your poor motherfuckers are buying S197s and bringing your bullshit with you. You gotta, if you outlaw Hellcats, Trackhawks, and Mustangs, modern Mustangs from car meets and car shows you will have a wonderful 
let's say, least troublesome event. That's just smart business, in my opinion. I'm late fighting COVID again. Throwing a like, I'm going to catch the replay. Do we have anything else going on for Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Mr. Mr. Carroll Shelby, do you have anything else to say? Because you're on a roll today. $50 an hour for a UAW employee. Fuck that shit. Back in the 60s, I had Mexicans uh, shining my Shelby wheels for two tacos al pastor a day. <laughs> You know that actually sounds pretty yummy. If all I had to do is pay a couple of Mexicans two tacos al pastor a day, things would be good. <laughs> That's it. I came here to chew gum and chew gum. And I forgot my gum. <laughs> oh, shit. Actually sounds legit. Um, it's always the Mustang guys at the show's like tools any plans for track trip too on the weather cools off okay so yes silver surfer ss i changed the spark plugs on the gt500 my god i have a video coming out i don't think it'll be great but it'll show you i've only been running pump e85 on the gt500 the whole time it tested at e80 but again the 20 percent i looked at my plugs and it looked like i was running pump gas like, I'm looking at my plugs, and I'm like, my Corvette plugs with pump gas look better than this. They look like they rusted. I'm like, these are brand-new spark plugs. They look rusty, so I'm wondering if the 20% or 15% is literally hot dog water because the plugs look so bad that I'm like, they don't, let's say around the edge and the threads and some of the tip, it looks like I was burning hot dog water. And I'm like, all right, let me get ethanol 1R in there, redo redo the gap to 21, 22,000, and get back on the dyno because they were, I was running on not less than eight cylinders, but they weren't running at 100%. Let's just say that. Don't forget the original Rice, the Honda guys. Believe it or not, Honda guys are now at least racing like the old OG Honda Ricers of the 90s and 2000s, right? Those guys were just cringe aids. But even the Honda community has said, fuck all y'all. We don't fucks with them. We fucks with, you know, racing stuff. So the ricer mentality has gone from Honda, in my opinion, and in my eyes, and in my world, to the Mustang guy. I hate to say it. And the Dodge Charger and Hellcat guy. Hellcat Charger and Challenger guy. Those guys have become just, they put the biggest dumb cat on the quarter panel. You guys put a cat on the quarter panel. Think about that. A big, oh, look at me, I'm a fucking cat. Oh, and you get out of the car and you think you're fucking hard? You get out of the car with your skinny jeans, drown down to your fucking knees and your and your hoodie and you, you fucking, you think you're hard? You got a cat! On the side of your car, bro. Our baby is 33 months and almost three years. Have you tuned any Roush 2300 setups with a Cobra Jet feeding the nitrous? What the fuck did you just say? Have you tuned any Roush 2300 setups with a Cobra Jet plate feeding the nitrous? Can you just stop, Jared Wells? You got a stock bottom end on that thing. You haven't gone to the track yet. You haven't run nines yet. I know guys that have run nines stick with a Roush 2300. Do that first, then start talking about nitrous. People already setting up their builds when they haven't even gone to the track yet. Love you, but god damn it. I've seen stock bottom end Gen 3 stick cars in the 4s, 60 to 130. No, not stick. I've seen plenty of 5s. 
guy here local to me has a 100 millimeter pulley on an ESS E85 and he's been well into the fives, 60 to 130 with a stock MT82. The stipulation for bringing an S197 to the show would be that it still has fog lights in the grill. The immature hood lumps always rip those out. Full power instant, clutches auto up and down shifts quicker than an auto. Oh, what? 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 What is he talking about? A DCT? Yeah, it's quicker up and down shift, but drag racing, it's trash. I don't do burnouts in my GT350. It's not a drag car. It's... Plus, try to clean the rubber from the carpeted rear wheel wells. No thanks. It's a track car. Bro, all-wheel drive K-Series uh, Hondas with a sequential are dumb fast. Me and my brother built one. Yeah, they're tiny. Uh, they're, they're light. You can shove a ton of boost through some of the stuff. Some of the stock stuff seems to survive. There are certain, I don't know, B-Series, K-Series. I don't know the difference. I'm going to be honest with you. Is one single overhead cam, the other one dual overhead cam? I don't fucking know. Maybe you guys would tell me because I have no idea. But I've seen a lot of guys tout the fact that the stock stuff really holds up well to boost and i'm like it seems like coyotes are like mimicking similar things that honda stuff was doing back in the day except it's a v8 so that's why a lot of honda guys look at a coyote and they go it's basically what 2k series is that is that what it is k series is oh, let me look it up because i don't want to sound real stupid k series honda yeah dual overhead cam right uh k series honda is an inline four dual overhead cam and let's look up b series honda b series Honda engine. I think it's single overhead cam, right? No, dual overhead cam also. So what's the difference? The B series are family of inline four, four cylinder, dual overhead cam. Okay, so you guys are gonna have to put me on game. Not that I give a fuck, but what is the difference between um what is the difference between a K series and a B series when it comes like 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 I know that S58 and B58, one of them is high compression and one of them has a great cylinder head. And supposedly someone said you can throw a buttload of boost in a B series, but not an S series, an S58, because the S58, it's only stock turbo stuff, and B58, you can go to the moon with it, but I could be wrong about that. Um, both are overhead cam, gotcha. GT500 equals Grand Tour 500. Uh, it's 30 degrees here, and I can't even get it to hook for a data log. It's semi-built, long block, rod pistons, valve spring. Okay, cool, so it might, it might hold up to some abuse. EcoBoost guys are terrible. A guy saw my S197 and read that me to make his blow off out, so hissy noises. Had transformer louvers and 350R crazy ricer behavior. Okay, we talk about Yamaha stuff. B, okay, uh, rev matching, beyond the rev matching crap. D series is single, B series is older, K series, you can control both camps. Thank you, mini bike. Our Honda is a 2600, K series is timing chain, B series is timing belt. Thank you, T1 Auto Care. K20 was most people used, if I remember correctly. D Series is a single cam. K is like a coyote. B is like a Cobra 4 valve. Thank you. That's how you talk to me. Can I be frank? I love you. That's how you talk to me. A K Series is like a coyote. Twin independent variable cam timing, right? B is like a Cobra 4 valve locked cams. Then if that's how you explain it, perfect. Uh, what pulley for 93 with the ESS on the Gen 3 car? 120. I see the site recommends 125, 120, but what does Lund recommend? Yeah, 120, because again, guys, ESS tests their pulleys at 7,200 RPMs. So if you have a G3X, which is, the, in my opinion, the G2 you shouldn't even buy. Get the 3X. And a 120 millimeter pulley, it might be close to 11 PSI at 7,500 RPMs. But 
I think uh, ESS will tell you the 115 is fine, but the 115 is like 12 to 13 pounds at 7,500 RPMs, where they say on the website it's probably 10 PSI at 7,200 RPMs. So be careful. The 120 uh, at most on pump gas uh, on a G3X Gen 3 or even a Gen 2. K-Series replaced the B-Series. Semi-built a lot more like a fill. Frank is spot on. Yeah, if Frank is spot on, meaning K-Series, twin independent variable cam timing, B-Series is a Cobra 4 valve, meaning or a Trinity, meaning locked cams, it 100% sticks in my brain forever. I just did a DOD delete and BTR stage 2 cam on my G and it made 467 wheel on 93. Do you think it could be the 10-speed Mustang GT lightly modified? Uh, depends on how heavy your G8 is. So... I don't think the G8 is light. G8 curb weight. 3,800. Actually, it weighs about the same as a Gen 3. So it depends. Um, if the roll is to 120, 130, and you're next to him, by the time he hits 5th and 6th, he's going to gap you. Because the Coyotes make top-end power. So a stock Gen 3 Coyote can run 11.9 bone stock. 11.9 right off the rip. So let's say a tuned modified bolt-on. Bolt-on means intake, cold air, E85, drive shaft, and drag radial. That's like an 11.5, 11.4 car. And on a roll, if the tunes are set up to shift at 76, 7700 RPMs with drag mode enabled, meaning no torque reduction, he's probably going to beat you by a while. Frank spokes in Alex's language. Bro, he literally, bing, I was like, oh, I get it. B-series this, K-series that. Wow. Absolutely, now I get it. I don't know. When someone says K-series, I'll know Coyote. When someone says B-series, I'll know it's four-valve stuff. Good good stuff. B has variable cam on the intake only. Okay, so B-series would be like, yeah, okay. So B-series has intake only, which makes sense. Mini bike. When you think about it on Coyote terms, all you really need to control to make power is the intake cam. If you lock the exhaust cam based on the exhaust cam specs at a favorable angle, you could just leave it locked, coyotes or whatever. Intake, you're manipulating how and when and at how much air is coming in at what RPM. So if you understand how intake cam manipulation works via RPM, you can literally make a very favorable power curve just on manipulating the VCT. But I'm sure the K-Series probably has a better head than a B-Series. Am I right? Similar to Coyote and 4-Valve because all these 4-Valve guys and their B-Head, 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 and then 4-GT head, you know, the uh, 5-8 Trinity or the 4-GT cylinder head, that was like the king, but the Coyote butt fucks all of them. Sorry. I was about to say that for the record, for the fastest Civic is, is with a B-Series gotcha. G8 is on the same platform with the 5th Gen Camaro. Ugh, he might have a tough time. When I'm going to Dyna, what gear do you want? The T56, 4th B101. 4th gear, sir. 4th gear, 1 to 1. Um, T56 Dyna, B-Series do not have variable cams. Oh, okay. See, now we have a disagreement. See, now you guys are confusing me because I don't know shit. Peter Lomancy says, can I be Frank's in here? I watch all of both y'all's videos, making me want to move to Florida, Michigan. Guys, I don't even understand why the fuck you wouldn't want to move to Florida. Now, understand this. Whatever you used to, get rid of it. You're used to nice, you're used to 
you're used to the season bye fuck the seasons you're used to mountains bye fuck the mountains it don't matter what you get here is tropical weather in south florida or you get meth in tampa brooksville spring hill sebring you know what i mean orlando is puerto ricans but this is the view from jupiter right now jupiter inlet cam literally at this moment it looks like this it's probably 70 something degrees right now bro let me see what's the weather 75.9 degrees 77 humidity what is a little windy outside you know bro i mean uh, i don't know you could take your fucking seasons and the spring and then fuck all that i would absolutely take this consistently over anything that's the inlet bro nice people on the beach already having some fun bro stop it this is live right now good shit i mean look it's not for everybody i'll tell you that you got to hustle to make money down here there's a lot of lazy bums down here a lot of assholes down here but 24 7 365 you can race alex 22 ttmtd2 whipple four inch pulley headers free flowing exhaust needs fuel system for innovations after that do i still have room with the four inch or do i need to pull you down depends on what you want to do i have no idea what you want to do hatch what do you want to do what do you want to do what are your goals four inch you're gonna make nine pounds of boost you want to do billy badass stuff get a fuel system e85 and 15 pounds of boost <clears throat> big l says i wouldn't mind moving to florida I'm from louisiana only thing i miss is the food from here trust me the food is good but nasty there are there's great food joints here relax you just gotta find them they have two lobes on the cams and activate second set of rockers based on rpm activation and oil pressure you can swing timing or position on a b series gotcha so one of them is mechanical just stay away from jacksonville west orlando and northwest miami can i be frank says the high lift lobe is different so on a technically it is a variable cam hi alia you get butt fucked you're not wrong also lund tune hatch it all depends on what you want to do if you're on pump gas and a four inch pulley you're fine if you want to go fast you pull the fuck down to like a 3.5, you put E85 in it, a, th- a 1050X, twin 285s, and party. That's it. That's not that hard. Like, I'm blown away that people expect big performance out of a Whipple at 10 PSI. Do you not know how boost works? Do you not know how pulley size is commensurate with boost? I know guys right, I know, I know guys right now that are mechanically inclined that have still not gone to 15, 16, 17 PSI on their Whipple setup and they want to get rid of it. I go, why? Well, I want to go faster. Pulley the fuck down. What? It's not fast enough on a 3.7 pulley. Then put a 3.3 pulley on it. What? Guys, there are people out there that have no fucking idea. And you guys think it sounds... um. I... You guys think I'm kidding. People that I know, love, and respect that are mechanically inclined are like, I want to get rid of the Whipple because it doesn't make enough power. And they're stuck on a 3.8 pulley. And I'm like, well, you, oh, you don't want to buy another belt? Wait, because you don't want to buy another belt or, or another pulley, you're just going to give up on the whole system? With that logic, turbos aren't going to help you. Nothing's going to help you. You got to configure the car for what your goals are. So what are your goals? Every single motherfucker, 
Every single motherfucker should literally stop before they build a car and line out your goals. When I would take phone calls at VMP and the previous job before that, I go, what do you want to do? And you know how many times I heard, I don't know? Why, why are you in this game if you don't know? You don't know what you want to do? You're a child? You have to be told what you need? I want to go nine stick. Here's the recipe. I want to go eight auto. Here's the recipe. I want a fast daily driver and I want to hit five, six, one, thirty. Here's the recipe. I'm blown away that there are people out there that will not pull you down. They will not pull you down under 3.75 on a Whipple 3.0 front feed. Having a fuel system, being on E85 will not pull you down. Pull you down. 3.5, 3 fucking 3.75. Like, you know when shit starts to get real fun? Like 15 pounds of boost and up. You're like, yeesh. But that's also the point where things start breaking. Transmission, da 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 da. But if you got a built motor, built trans, drive shaft and axles, and E85 readily available in your area, you should be at 15 PSI all the fucking time on a Whipple. Yo, Alex, tune FFE only Gen 2 here. My car's seeing 32 degrees on Arizona 91. Definitely on my 91 tuner, knock sensors are happy as ever. Should I have my lunch tuner limit max timing or chill the fuck out, car's happy. Chill the fuck out, car's happy. But 5-0 Marcus, let's, let's ask you a very simple question. What is the altitude where you are located? 5-0 Marcus, give me the, area, the zip code of where you live and we're going to teach some people some stuff today. What? Because I can guarantee your car is not at sea level. Why do I say that? Because if you're seeing 32 degrees on a tune, let's say Lund tune, on pump gas, it is telling me your measured air load is under 0.9. So you're probably at 1,000 feet elevation. You're probably at least at 1,000 feet elevation. So the car can't suck in enough air to reach 0.9 or 1.0 air load, aka volumetric efficiency. I look at the 0.9, 0.8 as 90%, 80%. No, it's not correct, but it makes sense in my mind. Just like Can I Be Frank said, K series, Coyote, B series, uh, um, four valve. So if you are in 1,000 feet altitude, your car can physic cannot physically suck in enough air because it's just not available. You're at altitude to generate at least. 0.9 air load. Anything 0.8 air load and down, you're going to be up. Look at that. Bam. You're welcome, gentlemen. So what is happening is this. He's seeing 32 degrees because he's just not sucking in enough air. So the engine is not operating at a 90% volumetric efficiency. It's operating at, let's say, 70 or 80%. Imagine you have the capacity to live happily at 1.0 air load, then that means your timing or spark advance would be lower. Why? Because there's more air available. The same reason that when you go boost, we lower timing. The higher the air load, the lower the spark number. So again, because you're seeing 32 degrees at 2,400 feet, that's what you should be seeing because your car is generating 0.5 air load, if that. 
I'm sorry, 0.8 air load, if that. Now, you take that exact same car, 5.0 Marcus, same tune, drive to sea level, do a wad hit. I bet you won't see more than 26 degrees because it's seeing 1.0 air load. Mercury Motorsports says, T1, we have got a buddy, stock K24, long, long block, and trans, all-wheel drive, went 9.6 at 150. Boy, K-Series might be the way to go, apparently. 2,400 feet, woof, exactly. And 200 foot-pounds torque, okay, okay. I want to make 750 wheel, but I'm torn between doing the LSA blower or just buy a once and cry once, 26.50 Gen 2 blower, have some room to grow. 750 wheel, isn't that, like, insanely easily attainable with the LSA blower? Is that the not 1.9 from um, CTSV? Up on a mountain here, exactly. 5.0 Marcus, badass, just making sure my shit ain't going to pop. No, sir. You are not sucking in enough air to have the spark be under, let's say, 30 because your air load that you're generating via the vehicle in your location is not high enough to warrant lower spark. Hatch, 450, says, daily driver, I want to roll race sometimes. I just need to know if there's room in tuning once I get the fuel system for more power without changing the pulley. Yes. So let's say you have a 4.0 pulley, and let's theoretically say you're making 650 rear wheel horsepower, which you're probably not. Then you put a fuel system, then you put E85 in it, <clears throat> okay? Now I can bring the timing from 16 all the way up to 22. So for every degree of timing, depending on boost level, it's totally different, you can see up to 15 horsepower or 10. So let's say I bring your 650 horsepower on pump gas, now we have a fuel system in it, and now it's on the 85, from 16 degrees to 21 or 22 degrees. You could probably see an 80 to 90 horsepower gain just with fuel and spark. That's all apparently Lund can tune anyway. And we add fuel, add spark, that car will probably see from 650 about 710, 720. And if you want to pull it down a little bit, then you can go ahead and make 750, 800 super easily. Someone's hit me up. Why someone hit me up? What's happening? Who is hitting me up? I hate it when people hit me up in the middle of the show. Like, please don't hit me up in the middle of the fucking show, like, ever. <clears throat> uh, LSA is 1.6, I think. Got it. Uh, I need to get rid of my Whipple. I got a resonator. Deleter. Never mind, it's a 1.9. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a 1.9. Um, five Marcus said, Gents, that's why Alex is the only channel that gets my money. 10 bucks. I just... <laughs> then he stopped. Yo, yo, just checking in. Daily driver sometimes. Already got that. Already got that. Already got that. Sick, nice. Bitch level. Sick, nice. Da, 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 da. Peasant. Very funny, Martin. Damn, he's talking to me. It says degenerate. Okay. Uh, I don't pull you down. Don't pull you down on the lower dough. Yeah, exactly. This is the problem with um, influencers. The influencers are going to probably hear something and make a logical pivot and say something that is 100% wrong, but because you don't know any better. Okay, an influencer influences. I'm not an influencer. I am not pushing a product. I am not telling you what to get. I, if anything, I don't want to say I'm a teacher because that sounds stupid, but I'd like to help you learn things based on my experience. So I don't, maybe I influence people to go Lund Racing. I guess so. But I don't tell you buy a Whipple. I don't tell you buy an ESS. I don't tell you buy anything. I say if you buy a Whipple, if you buy ESS, if you buy twin turbos, this is the best way to reach your goals, blah, 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 blah. So, but, but influencers need to... Look, 
if if Circle D gave me a converter tomorrow, they okay. This is how I operate. So maybe maybe you YouTubers out there that are TikTokers and stuff like that, what what is worth your influence? So a Circle D converter, for example, is let's say fifteen hundred bucks. My influence is worth more than fifteen hundred bucks. So if Circle D gives me a converter. I go, thanks for the converter. <laughs> so that when I install it in my car and people ask me what converter is in the car, I'll say, I have a Circle D converter in the car. But if Circle D gives me a $1,500 converter and then I in the Fairmont install a ProTorque, Cohen, or uh, Neil Chance converter, that converter they gave me does not influence my decision going forward on what converters I use on other platforms. If they think that's the case, they can have the converter back. Thank you very much. So that is the problem with influencers. With influencers, they get given a product and now they are handcuffed to that product forever. Wait for it. Even if it sucks, the brand is betting on the fact that that person received a part from you, so you now have their loyalty, even in the face of adversity, and because you gave them an $800 part at cost that retails for $1,500, that you hope that he's going to stick with that part. For example, I'm not saying Circle D did this. I'm just giving you an example. Let's say if Circle D gave me a part, that doesn't mean I'm Circle D 100%. FIC gave me injectors. I said, cool, they work well. I'm going to put ID 1700s in the GT500. You understand? I, I, if I am not gonna shill for a part that costs now, let's let's talk real money. If a manufacturer says we will pay you to influence our product positively, okay, now we're talking a monthly payment. I'm sorry. I'm not going to shill for a hubcap. I'm not going to shill for a converter and I'm not going to shill for a blower. Fuck all that. I did that before. And it was the, my credibility is more important to me than a product. Had to work today, so I'm catching the end of the episode. Just wanted to drop a like and say thank you for your knowledge, Alex. Hey, it's not knowledge, it's experience. I don't get paid to influence, but I'm happy to talk to a follower options to reach their goals. Nice. LSA and LT4 are prone to heat soak, says can I be frank. I have a Gen 3 ESS card deleting DI, something I should look into. No, because you're not having issues with it. Guys, 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 guys. So because Lund Racing announced that the DI delete is possible, are you having issues with your car? Are you making 1,500 horsepower? Do you have any adverse effects because of the DI? Then leave it the fuck alone. Like, because Lund Racing announces that DI delete is a thing, that doesn't mean you should get it. And understand, it is only available to engage people, I think, based on software limitations. So eventually you're going to have to realize, okay, oh, oh, Lund Racing got DI delete. I want it. Why do you want it? You have to buy stuff to delete it. You don't just rip it out. You don't just rip it out and then just put, no, you got to buy delete plugged in it you got to take care of the high pressure fuel pump you got to do stuff if you're not having issues with the di leave it the fuck alone 
Alexander Salvia. What's up, Mr. Tampa Bay himself? Hey, Alex, I didn't have the courage to overpay for a 24 Mustang at $55,000 or a dark horse at 82. Look at him. I bought a 24 BMW M4 Competition X-Drive full-wheel drive for 100K instead. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, it ruins credibility. Um, thanks for the knowledge. That's why I pay monthly. I appreciate that. And again, guys, Patreon. Okay, so because I haven't really hawked on the Patreon stuff that much, because, you know, of course I want you guys to join my Patreon if, if, I don't have any messages on there right now. I have two messages I got to get. Let me uh, copy. So I'm going to put a link in the chat. And again, guys, I do this because if you want my help off hours, meaning when I'm not on the chat or when I'm not on the um, uh, online or whatever, you can pay a monthly nut and message me directly. And I will literally, I have it on my phone installed and I will answer your questions immediately there is no waiting 24 7 when i'm awake and if i get your message on patreon i answer i do put up some content but the 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 the, the vast majority of the reasons that i started a patreon is a paid service that you can pay for that you get your questions answered and once in a while i post stuff that i feel is important whether it be world cup stuff whether it be build stuff whether it be spark plug stuff whether it be anything gt500 build or upcoming events and stuff I'll post on there. But that's the best way to get a hold of me, by far. Because a lot of you guys reach out to me on YouTube, I don't get it. On Instagram, I definitely don't get it, and I definitely don't even talk to people on Facebook. The only people I talk to on Facebook is Lund Racing. We have a group chat there, that's it. Hey Alex, has Lund tuned any Billet Block Coyotes? No, no, um, not at all. Good morning, I finally moved out of Massachusetts. Good for you, get the fuck out of that state. Do you see what they're doing in Massachusetts now, bro? Massachusetts is just such a fucking shit show. You make more direct money from Patreon or YouTube? Well, I don't know how much. Well, Patreon's a monthly service. YouTube is takes 30%. But depends. If it's a monthly subscription, I think I keep most of that. If it's a super chat, they keep 30%, if I'm not mistaken. Alex, you see Vortec posting the RTR 650 drift cars? They all have Gen 2 motors on them. Yeah. Um, RTR S650 drift cars. Actually, Travis, where is that? Where is that? That's funny. Blackout KR says, 7.3 do sound the best, that's for sure, but it does have massaging seats. Can confirm he does reply regularly. Says Hatch. Nathan says, say my Nathan Dobson says, say my name. Uh, I'm going to sub right now for a few questions about my build. Morgan Hansen sub, 15 bucks a month. It's not that much. It's a couple of coffees a month. Um, and you, I have, I'm going to go check, total messages. So right now I have, I have to reply to Brandon and Perk. Um, but I have, wow, one, two, three, whoa, Jesus. 50 different people. 10, 11. 57 ongoing conversations about builds. So, and I'm answering all of them as fast as I can. And I, I pay for that 
I mean, it's, it's it's nice to get a hold of me if like on a fucking Friday night. You think you know? Let's say you're a Lund customer and you're like, oh shit, I, I won't reply to Lund Lund specific tuning questions, but I will say, hey, if you got a PO three one this or they it's probably this, it's probably that. You know, if you're paying for that service. <clears throat> Are there any updates to the tuning device loan we'll be coming out with, or did they scrap that idea? There are, I want them to announce it. There, yes, there are updates. There's a device. And that's, that's all I can say. How much can I say? I don't know how much I can say. But a device, I believe, is being talked about it, it's just a matter of working out firmware with the manufacturer. That's all I can say. Because I don't know that Lund wants it out there until they say it's available. Guys, once this bitch drops, I suspect we're going to sell 200 in a month. I suspect we're going to sell 200 in a month. So... Let me see. Oh, shit. Where's the numbers lock? Numbers lock. There we go, numbers lock. So, I'm going to say... Oh, my God. I suspect once we announce that this is a thing, here it is! Boop! I suspect 200 will sell in a month. So we'll see. I, again, we don't talk about it too much until it's a thing, and once uh, the f the switch is flipped, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a problem. Low and slow says, "I'd be curious to see when you would ever need to switch to a billet coyote block because look at the rough RPM numbers the sleeve block cars are making." Correct. Why would you need a billet block when a Predator block sleeve from someone like FFRE, with a stock valve train, aluminum rods, and boss crank has propelled cars to the sixes? Like. What are you looking to do with a billet block? Like, seriously. I usually use paint thinner to clean my rags. Okay. Crazy question for the chat. How are you girls washing or detailing your rags cloths? Wife says I shouldn't toss them in the washer. You should not toss them in the washer. I soak them in a, in a bucket of solution and solvent and then just dry them. I definitely don't use paint thinner. Um, I would get it on a pre-order. So I got to buy a whole different tuner again. Well, no, you don't. Okay. That's the other thing. I don't want to discourage you. But let's just say this. You guys bought an RTD and, and, and all the other stuff because the SCT stuff went away and Engage closed. Okay, no offense to anybody, and I'm not. If these were still being made, how many of you would have bought an RTD or any other device? If these were still being made, how many of you would have bought an RT or anything HP Tunes related that needs an internet signal to, to log and load a tune, by the way? So if there's an option that closely mimics what you were used to before the RTD stuff, again, if you're happy with your RTD and you're loading and logging with RTD and TDN, keep it. Keep it. We're just offering the customer another option eventually. Even the competition will buy it. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully it'll be as capable as the Engage. I believe it will be. And then some. What would a billet predator hold? No idea. Get get 
get them get chem guys microfiber cleaner really works well not one motherfucker nope not me and get you 100 exact john look it says you should buy you should be used to upgrading electronics device every few thank you thank you john so well you know we gotta meet i, I don't think i met you so imagine you bought it's 2023 let's say you bought an iphone in 2021 and then iphone the new iphone came out you, you buy a new one right you buy a new one why new features better dick pics it makes your dick look massive like oh my god the iphone 5 made my dick look big but this one has like a round and it, it from a certain angle it looks like godzilla attacking japan so you are used to upgrading your television every four years three years why not your tuning device uh so wait for a new device since i'm not gonna tell you what to do because i don't want hp tuners getting mad at me for saying again i don't shill for any company except lund but i'm not gonna go out of my way to rag on hp tuners that's crazy if you're happy with your rtd and the tdn network vaya con dios roll out and we'll support that no problem but imagine if these were still being made it's a no-brainer Alex Sosa says it's some N gauges near me for sale. I know a guy that bought an N gauge off of this old head at a at a, at a, uh, a tag sale for seventy five dollars. He sends me a message on Patreon says, "Is this unlockable?" I go, "Yeah." He's like, "Dude, I got it for seventy five bucks." The guy didn't know what he had. I pretty much bought every car part off your recommendation, maybe except the Whipple. I would have bought an engage if I could have found one cheap, but they wanted more than the RTD. I'll buy it because it's better, nevertheless, because you guys will put it out badass shit. Unless it's not for Gen 1. All Gens will be covered. All Gens will be covered. If you have a PC, you're used to this. Exactly. The mushroom tip filter. I need that phone. Still on my 7 Plus. I'll be damned if I get another phone. One of these pieces of shit. Me with a 10-year-old computer and a 4-year-old iPhone. I am. Can I see my logs on the RTD or only the tuner? Everyone that has an RTD. Everyone that has an RTD. Has the ability to log the car using scanner software. HP tuners, scanner software is available via your RTD. Now, if you are logging and loading with TDN, you will not have the ability to see that particular log. If you want to see what your car is doing, I highly suggest you scan with the scanner app. Look at what I did uh, recently. Uh, display capture. I data logged right here on the top. 2017 Cadillac Escalade Platinum. And there's my VIN number, 6.2 liter. I wanted to scan a code that had come up. And look, I was able to, I mean, I was able to scan everything. I didn't ask for uh, my tuner, blah, blah, blah. I, it, it funny hits off on a stock tune. The fuel trims are off more than 10%. So I'm like, okay, the stock spec is way off on this stuff. But I wanted to just monitor any issues that I was having. And I wasn't having any. I just monitored it. And, oh, I was having a body control module code go off. Like a, like like the, the, the lane assist or something wasn't working. But it magically came back. But I was able to data log. So if you have an RTD, then just log it with the scanner app and you're good to go. If something like the N-Gage came out and can work on 21 plus Mustangs, I'd buy one instantly. I'm not going to say much let the luns tell you once i get it on my possession i told the luns if we ever come out with a device or if we 
you know, private label, use someone else's device and, and, and support it. And if it has good features, give me four of them and I'll give them away on the show. Now, I will buy four of them and give them away on the show. I'll be damned if I'll be asking for free shit. Morning, Alex. Nestor here. Uh, how noise is normal is from a FPR PR 373. Do you ever know someone who may have an engage for sale? I don't know anyone that has an engage for sale. And the, the Ford Racing Performance... Uh, set of 370 should not be loud at all unless the guy set up the uh, the lash improperly or something. Uh, oh, you hit your PID channels. No, no, I, I opened it up. I opened it up. What are you talking about? It, you just look at it. Um, same. I have an engage and locked to my old truck. I have a 21 F-150. Can't use it. Can you unlock the tune? No, can't use it. 21 F-150 cannot be tuned by an old engage. Only up to 2020. So the reason being is I think they changed something with the computer. And again, there is no firmware update for the Engage. The Engage manufacturer literally got put out of business. Not because he wasn't selling, though. You know what I'm saying? So there is no new firmware that's written for it. So it's it's a 20 and under device, in my opinion. Uh, 21 and up, you're stuck with RTD stuff. And if we are lucky enough to introduce something, I think it'll cover everything. I still use my old X4 to look at logs if I need to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is PCM Tech going to be available on S197? You have to ask PCM Tech if they are going to be available on S197. That's on them, not on us. 373s in general shouldn't be that loud. It's not a 456. Nice to buy says, got to haul that black gold. Get it, brother. A VCT scanner, I think it's what it's called. A v VCM scanner. Wait, VCM scanner? Yeah, VCM scanner. Um, I've got an RTD for sale, says James NJ. Still using an iPhone 6 Plus. Who would you recommend for a Raptor tune? I read that the 10 PS 10 speed is clunky at times and a tune fixes that issue. It does not fix that issue. The 10 speed is clunky forever. Okay? No matter if you tune it or don't tune it. It's just the inherent nature of the 10 speed. Even in stock form, which is the safest. Think about that. If Ford was going to offer a warranty on something, they'd offer you something that is super safe. And if that calibration is clunky and weird... I don't think an aftermarket tune that has more aggressive shifts is going to fix a 10R80 issue. If anything, issues will pop up sooner if you're not allowing torque reduction to be coming into place or hit every single gear on a shift. You know, like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 instead of 1, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8. Oh, Oliver Bryan says, I'm silently waiting for my Gen 1 Voodoo to blow or start burning oil so I can... Do a Gen 2 Voodoo and then go turbo. Well, Oliver Bryan, why don't you just sell your running, driving Gen 1 motor for 8000 bucks and put that towards a Gen 2 Voodoo motor if that's what you actually want to do? Why would you wait for it to blow up so that it is now useless and worthless than to get it out of the car while it's still running great? Sell it to someone that's probably going to go through it anyway, and you can make eight to nine thousand bucks on that sale. I'm blown away at that thought process. Well, the new phone says, "Yep, I hate my RTD Plus now. Disconnect randomly for no reason during the logs." Okay, I had a gentleman say, "Hey, Alex, I uploaded a data log." Okay, cool. I go to the TDN network, download the log. The log is static, meaning I see the graph in front of me, I see everything populated, I see the numbers slightly moving, but it is choppy. And I just, uh, I'm sick of this, right? So I'm like, I got to tell this customer to re-log. 
But I'm going to sound so stupid saying the following thing. So I hit him up on email and I said, did you have Wi-Fi connected in the garage back out while logging and then your 5G network took over? He goes, yeah. I go, you got to re-log, man. In the time, and you know it, if you have a phone that has Wi-Fi calling enabled, right? You're you're going from outside. Yeah, I ragged this bitch out, boy. She was tired about her booty holes thing. And then you come in your house. And now the phone is changing from 4G or 5G to Wi-Fi. There's a intermittent signal loss. Hello? What's the last thing you heard? Last thing I heard, you said her booty hole stink. Oh, yeah, right. So I was pinning it from the back and it smelled like, you know, nasty swamp ass. Whoa, whoa. So if you're in your garage and you start your log with the Wi-Fi connected to your phone. Oh, everything's running good. Let's go. You back out of your driveway. The TDN app still thinks it's connected. And then it goes from Wi-Fi to 5G or 4G in your area. And you come back and send me that data log. That log is shit. That log is junk. That log is gone. So what you want to do is this. Go somewhere. You have a great signal already. I hate to even say this because it sounds backwards. Where the SET or the N-Gage didn't. You could fucking do it in the Laurentian abyss. And this motherfucker will log anyway. You go there. Oh, I got 5G here. I got good bars and I got a good chunk of road. Let me sample the data logs Alex or the Lund Racing Calibrator wants. Boom, boom, boom. Do it. I have done that at least three or four times with customers. Start your log somewhere where you have a great signal because you're using the TDN network. Do your logs. Stop the log at an area where you have a great signal. And then this is the most important thing everyone's forgetting. Because the TDN app is not intuitive. It doesn't know what you want. And it probably takes a programmer an hour to program this in. On the TDN app, you have to upload your data log. And after you upload your data log, you have to sync files. HP tuners. Where it says sync files, change that to send to tuner because when you upload your logs i can't see them until you hit that blue fucking button on the bottom and it says sync files programmers at hp tuners change that so that it says upload to tuner or send to tuner oh i uploaded a log no log there oh and then they send me a screenshot of their phone look i sent the log did you click sync files? Oh, shit, I got to do that too? Yep. I'm only at 13,000 miles, no oil consumption issues, Mercury Motorsports, perfect. Sell it for nine grand. Some laptops will keep choppy logs on battery power. Hence, I keep the huge CCA jump box with 12 outlet while tuning. My laptop crawls on battery power. We don't do rod pistons in stock blocks. If, if it's getting built, it's getting sleeved as well. I like that thought process. Um, N-Gage logging in the Mariana Trench Speedway. Have you seen a block failure on a Gen 1 or is it rod and piston failure? Well, I've seen a sleeve or stock uh, piston. I'm sorry, a stock uh, cylinder have a slight hairline crack that causes a um, 
a weep of coolant to be burned by that piston. So you think it's a head gasket. So you place the head gasket. And then all of a sudden you go, it's doing it again. And then you look closer and it's a crack in the cylinder on the block. So that's usually and like 850 and up, 900 horsepower application where you're just fucking slamming 23 degrees of timing and you're seeing 18 pounds of boost. The stock sleeves might be compromised. I hate the HPT devices lifestyle. Um, can I be frank? Says the blocks are fine. The rods aren't. Alex, can't hear you over that Can-Am motor. They are focused on... <laughs> Boy, you you listen extremely well. I have had thoughts about that. And I'm like, so you're not concentrating on car shit. It's speed, you know, skidoos and can-ams and off-road shit. At what point are you going to start like doing the same thing to like, I don't know, programmable barbecues? Do you want your meat medium rare? Well, HP Tuners has a new device coming out for you. The, um, what a badass, the Craig, Craiger, Traeger, Traeger, Traeger Grill. A Traeger Grill Tuner 2.0 from HP Tuners. It's just like, what the fuck? What caused those cracks? Is just the vibration of being a higher RPM flat plane crank? No. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, the only Gen 1 block we broke was the original sleeve built engine we've had in the car in 202 half mile 2000, 2022. Is there any word on the N-Gage coming back? Riley, the guy almost did jail time. He wouldn't even look at a fucking keyboard anymore. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Um, going on three turbo says Lord Ritsu. What injector spark was you recommend on a 6M PSI wastegate springs Gen 2 motor uh, ID 1050Xs? Don't fuck around. And uh, NGK 6510 gapped at 28,000 is more than enough. Um, what's it say here? What is the price range you would pay for a Gen 1 car? Hypothetically speaking, it's stock 100,000 miles, 23,000 bucks tops. Tops. Gen 1 car, are you saying 11, 12, or 13, 14? 11, 12, 20,000. 13, 14, ruby red, or 13 red tinted candy? Uh, 23,000. My air fuel is off on my Weber, right? Well, let me just hook up a VCM scanner on my grill. Oh, I know what went wrong. Uh, I wanted medium rare, but the uh, scaler was set up for well done. So I have to renormalize a scaler for well done. Keep indexing shit that doesn't matter, bro. They make money. I get it. Man, don't, don't, don't get me started because then, then, then that's when shit happens. Again, I'm not a shill for any company. I'll criticize where criticism is due. Give us hope for a good tuning device, Alex. It's still real to me, damn it. For sale, unlocked London Engage. <laughs> there you go. Parker says, speaking of my on three, thoughts of their twin turbo kit. Now, Parker, any on three kit is going to make power. The problem is the quality of the kit. If you don't care about quality, if you don't give a shit about quality, if you don't care about pipes lining up, if you don't care about putting a little heat on a corner and bending it so it can meet the, the bolts and, and, and you got to crank shit down and maybe some stuff will break and you got to upgrade the kit and put a gusset here and there and then on three is fine. If you want really badass shit, it's got to be all like hand-built custom stuff, Aldo stuff, Fat House stuff, like Billy Badass stuff. Yeah, trust me, EPA. EPA is a big time scam, bro. It, it's a scam. It's a scam. What's going to happen when 
we talked about the abiotic, you know, shedding of the uh, Earth's mantle, which produces byproducts that can be burned, aka fossil fuels. It's it's like it's like tr- it's like saying the sun is 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 a uh, that we can affect. Saying you can affect the Earth's temperature and climate adversely is like saying you can affect the sun's. It, it's just it's a chemical thing that's happening in the core in the you can't change anything in the core and you know what's happening right now with all these volcanoes you guys see that i'm blown away that the electric car push is stupid because fossil fuels power the electricity or make the electricity for all these cars without fossil fuels you don't have electric cars did y'all see spacex launch a rocket the other day any electric shit in there except for the grid fins no, that is fucking chemicals spewed out by the earth. Methane, hydrolox, oxygen, you name it, is in that rocket trying to take us up into space. You see the amount of fucking smoke that bitch put out? Right. So stop it with the green the green push. So let's say you do all this green push shit, and then the earth decides to, I don't know, shift its crust in such a way that it the fault lines open up, and it spews ash into the atmosphere for a year. Let's say there's a huge shifting right now. The the magnetic the the poles are shifting. It's not true north and you know, true north is going to end up being like somewhere here somewhere. Okay, so now let's say a fault line opens up and just spews at now what? All the shit you did was for nothing, right? All the shit you did was for nothing. I would love for Mother Earth to just go <laughs> big fart. Cover the sun for about two months. And then the green energy push. Solar energy push. But carajo. Stupid. Did you hear that they are now using blades from the wind farms that didn't get built. They're using the blades ground up to power coal fire power plants. That's hilarious. Is that true? I got to look that up. Um... All 32 Raptors, right, exactly. Nuclear winter, look at the pollution by volcanoes going on all the time. I would absolutely love for the Earth to just fart out a fucking ash cloud into the sun and cover for a month, and these climate activists would go away. What are you going to say, that us producing us producing gasoline pissed off Gaia? No, nah, motherfucker. The, do you know what's going on in the core? Do you know what's going on underneath us? It's a nuclear reaction going on in the, closer to the center of the earth. Dickhead. But they, they don't want to hear that shit. The big shield. Ice age. That's what my, my thought as well. Worked in the oil field for some time. Some wells make over 1,000, 100,000 PSI at serious depths. Imagine if that does cause major issues down the road. Bro, Rosa Corey behind the green mask. She broke down sustainability in 2012. Brother. I'm with you. I think the EPA is a big fucking scam. I think the EPA is just a money-making venture because if you pay for carbon credits, they'll let you pollute. Imagine that. If it's not about money, why are carbon credits a thing? If I have enough infinite money and I just want to manufacture and just spew shit into the fucking earth and it is worth it to me to keep buying carbon credits to stay in business, what the fuck does the EPA do at all? Stop it. It's a fucking scam. It's a money-making venture. They find you. Why? How is Mother Earth going to go, oh, y'all find y'all find Monsanto? <laughs> awesome. Let me cool down for a sec quick. Some stupid shit. 
I came here to chew gum and chew gum. And, and, I, I, forgot my gum. and I forgot my gum. You're not wrong about that stuff. Well, time to take credit for vehicles I never had anything to do with. Where's my chewing gum? <laughs> I love making those. I mean, I love hearing uh, Carol Shelby actually talk. $50 an hour for a UAW employee. Fuck that shit. Back in the 60s, I had Mexicans uh, shining my <laughs> Shelby wheels for two tacos al pastor a day. <laughs> Oh, you got to love it. All right, guys. couple minutes. I'm going to get out of here. Okay. So today we talked about the Coyote and what are the RPM limits of the stock valve train. We talked to Mr. John Lucas, who is uh, working, who works for or works with or owns, I don't know, um, Fat House. And he says about 9,800 RPMs. You start seeing some walking of the cam caps and shit. The journals start, start have to bend and shit starts getting nasty, which makes sense. But we have seen guys live in the 9,500 RPM, 9,800 RPM zone on built Coyotes, drag racing though, and they've gone ridiculous times with stock Valtrain stuff. So it'd be interesting to see what failing points would there be if you can rev a Coyote above 10,000 RPM and 50 pounds plus of boost is not rare anymore on super built Coyotes. So in a year, you're going to see the following. A five-second quarter-mile Coyote, yes, you will. The next year, 2024, there will be a five-second door slammer Coyote in the quarter-mile, probably at World Cup. Bet me on that shit. You're going to start seeing guys live in the 30 and 40 horsepower zone with custom stuff as long as there's no back pressure. And you're going to see people try to really get after because we are now seeing that living in the 40 PSI range and maybe 50 PSI range, these things will live, especially if you keep the RPM down. But if the cars live at high RPMs, fuck me, the sky's the limit. So I think in 2024 records will be absolutely shattered we're going to bury the 6r80 record we're going to probably go 650s with the 6r80 if everything works out or at least a 66 we've been 679 at 209 at 3300 pounds imagine if that car gets lighter and we start doing some funkier stuff and that that, that car starts living in the 66 range with a factory computer and factory 6r80 case Good times ahead. Racing is still well and alive. Fuck what else is going on. I'm going to try to be an optimist going forward. Have a good rest of your Sunday. I'm going to try to edit a video that I did yesterday. Hush money is going to start to get worked on. That's right. You guys convinced me to spend the money on hush money, not buy myself a plaid or anything like that. So I'm going to do that. So I'm going to try to get some video. It was super windy out that day. So the microphone uh, wind hit it. But I'm going to show you what I did, even if I have to put background music on, just to have show you that I am working on Hush Money. I'll show you the spark plug condition of the GT500. So right after the show ends, I'm going to stay here, edit that video, and get it out for you at about uh, 5 or 6 p.m. tonight. So you have something to look at, an update of what's happening with Hush Money and the GT500. And I'll try to get the GT500 on the dyno sometime next week, probably after the holiday, probably that Friday. Have a good rest of your Sunday. I will see you guys on Tuesday for Talking Shit at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See you guys later. Bye.